mice. I'm gonna get my get my atwood off of my keychain. And Keyboards and mice and atwoods. Yep. Hmm. There it is. Hmm. I've, I've opened it. Now we're committed. Are we? Are we on? Is this on? Uh, I'm recording. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You sound mellifluous. Lovely. Hey. Hey. Talk about my mother that way. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm pouring a hop bullet hop, by Sierra Nevada. Hop bullet. Yeah. All right. It's the spring I, I am, seasonal. I'm, I'm ready to hear about your hop bullet. Okay. Well, I'll, I want to hear what you're pouring first. <laughs> Pulp daddy. Pulp daddy? Pulp daddy. That sounds official. Where'd you get that from? Uh, greater Good. I went, I went, I went there. I went, they have a place, and I went to that place and and uh, bought, bought beer. And they had a thing, and then you bought the thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the show, right? This is the so show. This, this We're is doing the show. the show right now. Okay. We're fired up. Yeah. Um, so their thing is all Imperials. Oh, that place. Okay, yeah. right. I, I That's like the, uh, them. They're really growing on me. At first, I thought, eh, yeah, yeah, Imperial light beers, right? Uh that's not a thing, but they <laughs> uh, do some good beer. Nice. We, um, well, I'll tell brewery stories at the end and stick to the hop. That way you this- give people a chance to quit their podcast to, player. Before. Yeah, they can turn it off early if they don't yeah. want to hear that stuff. Yep. I know several that would. Um, but this is, uh, I went out for a, um, uh, just checking out what could be a good podcast beer and i remembered our trip to north carolina when we went to sierra nevada and how much we kind of came around to their beer and i saw a hop bullet which is a double ipa and i'd never seen it before so i thought i'd give it a try i remember hop bullet do you hop bullet is a good beer yeah i guess they call it that because it uses a double barrel slug of magnum hops and lupulin dust which everybody seems to be using these days. So I'm going to try it. It smells awesome. Mm, yeah. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. This whole nice. thing with um, lupulin additives. I mean, I'm not a purist. I like the beers with them. But at some point, when are we not brewing beer when we're using, you know, all... Yeah. Ointments all, and unguents and dusts. All, all and, derived <laughs> yeah, components. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, does it matter if it tastes good? Eh, I mean, no, but what if uh, what if you had a beer that was uh, completely made out of um, artif- you know, synthesized sugars and mm, yeah. and uh, what, what if they took a soda pop and made a beer-flavored soda pop? That probably would be too great. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I know that the I'm kind of surprised that Sierra Nevada is using the lupulin powder because remember when we were there, they made a big point of using whole leaf hops. You know. Yeah, was, but then they also made a big deal about using these uh, the oils. That's right. These, they had the one freeze dried extracts and stuff like yeah. that. I think it's just whatever their marketing gimmick is. Yeah, uh, personally, I don't care. I, I really I, don't. I, I, I'm, I, I, if it tastes like beer and I enjoy it and it doesn't give me some weird effect. Then <laughs> <laughs> some weird uh, sourness well, headache or something. You know what I've something. noticed about the, the beers made with uh, the extracts and the lupulin powders or whatever you want to – whatever we're talking about. Uh, have you noticed that you, when you belch, it actually tastes like the strongest beer you've ever yeah, and they, and you, I seem to belch for a lot longer. Yeah, with that I, stuff. I think it's harder to true. digest when when all that when all those. Um, yeah, kind of like when you eat Twizzlers, you yeah. burp those for days. It's strange because <laughs> it's like eating a vinyl Twizzler couch. beer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so, how is your beer? It's fantastic. I've had it before. It's oh, very good. Okay. It's an eight percent um, double IPA. Pulp stands for Paul's Ultimate Lupulin Protocol. Oh, nice. Whatever. Uh, pulp. Um, that sounds it official. is very pineapple Very juicy. Um, mm, nice. Delicious. And we went there, and it's like the typical modern brewery that the place is kind of 
you kind of can't believe they make something that the FDA allows people to consume from the facility because it just looks like some weird warehouse that some kids decided to continue their rave and turn it into a brewery. I love that. That's great. Uh, you know what the, I'm talking about, right? You've been to these breweries. Oh, yeah. Just like Boy, they, giant a bunch open of spaces that it's like, yeah, where's it the cash register? Do we sit on the floor? <laughs> What's there's, the deal here? There's a couple. There's one. Uh, it's called, I think, Wilmington Brewing Company in Wilmington, North Carolina. That it looks like it was like that an old warehouse bolted onto a little storefront, and everybody kind of super casual. And you go into the warehouse, and they're playing, you know, game, yard games, and it there's stacks of grain in the corner, and it's just crazy. But yeah. I'm all for it. I, it. It's very relaxed. Very relaxed uh, atmosphere. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it, and they have good beer, and uh, I don't think you can – well, Pulp Daddy is in a can. I've never seen it in the store, so it's – I was going to say, is it in a can or do you have a growler there? Uh, yes. <laughs> you bought a growler. But, but uh, you know, all their beers are good. They're all doubles at least. So they're, they have um, not just IPAs, but they make like uh, Belgians and um, – Oh, that's good. It's, uh, Some variety. Uh, they call it an Imperial Alt Beer, uh, Imperial oh. Pilsners. Um, yeah, it's it, yeah, it really cool. just means high alcohol, lots of sugar. Yeah, I mean, 8% is nothing to mess around with. Um, I've noticed around here, there's been a kind of straying away from double IPAs and triples, obviously. Mm-hmm. And everybody's kind of going with these five to six and a half percenters that, um, which I'm okay with. I remember, um, <laughs> you remember when inter- you could have a beer and not end up on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wake up in my with, day. Exactly. We, we didn't destroy our liver with one glass. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, if, I remember Hill Farmstead listening to an interview with that guy, uh, who owns it and makes the beer and he make, they make a lot of like five and 6% and sometimes 4% beers. And he's like, you know, we want people to come out and they're driving a long way and they're going to be drinking beer. And if you only sold, <laughs> sold 9%, 10% beers and then people come out there all that way for two or three beers, that's a lot of alcohol. So here, here we go. Let me, let me read a couple of these. Okay. Uh, Helena. Well hopped and malty, our Imperial Alt beer is a balanced, full bodied, and crisp ode to the old style German classic brewed with cherries. 10% ABV. Whoa, wow. <laughs> Greylock, our Imperial New England IPA is curiously turbid and cloudy with just the right hoppiness, big aromatics, and tasty flavor. 12% ABV. <laughs> <laughs> How do they remember what it tastes like? <laughs> Holy they they have some others that I've had there. Uh, the Imperial Milk Porter was good, but again, nice. these are these are serious. They serious mean business beers. with this stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, it sounds like it's good though, so that's a good thing. They're they're uh, serious about what they do. I, actually, the, I think the person who started it used to be a scientist at a pharmaceutical company, something like oh, that. Interesting. Um, well, they, yeah. Go figure. Um, is it a lot of effort to drink them? Uh, it is, it can be <laughs> when you're trying to get the glass to your mouth after you've had to. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> it's a lot of so. effort. I was trying to lead into our topic. Today. I know, I know, I know it was really lame, but, um, uh, we wanted to talk today about the topic of effort, um, which is kind of a super open topic. Um, but it's not something that you and I don't talk about kind of in in uh random Pub- bits here publicly. and there. <laughs> we yeah. don't talk about yeah, it usually. Exactly. And I think it's an interesting thing to kind of address as a wider topic and you can go as deep or as wide as you want with it because I definitely think a lot about it. Um, not just my effort, but the effort I see other people putting forth in things. By the way, and this is I totally an old man topic. Before we get to it. It is. This is absolutely an old man topic of why don't people try harder? Uh, oh, I'm going to extend it to why don't I try harder too? So it's not necessarily just <laughs> me and against the youth. It's kind of questioning my uh, direction and uh, directed effort at this point too. So it's not just not just an old man topic unless it's just always going to be an old man topic. But I thought, well, what do you want to lead in with? 
regarding it. Oh, what do I? Oh, wow. You yeah, turned that around you, quick. man. I turned it right around on you. Uh, I mean, we we talk about this all the time privately. I think it all comes down to priorities. Like we pick our priorities, sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously, and then we allocate our effort and energy <laughs> accordingly. Right. Uh, exactly. And it's one of those things that you, I don't know. A lot of self help junk out there. We'll talk about that. Like, you know, if you're not really doing it, it's not really your priority. And I, I believe that. That's that's true. We we put our energy towards the things that we really want and care about. Sometimes we forget what those are and reallocate them. So, you know, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I have, uh, friends at work, uh, who, you know, they say stuff like, Oh man, I, I'd love to do that, man. I just don't have the time. And to me, that always translates to, you don't really want to do it. <laughs> Because otherwise you would be putting forth or at least considering putting forth the effort in a serious way to actually doing it. I think it's a way for people to kind of comfortably back out of something that they don't really actually want to do. Um, and But that makes me think about the fact that you just, you know, the thing that you just brought up, which is we we allocate our time in towards things that we're interested in. And I, you know, I think that's okay for those interests to change a lot over time, as well as your, your directional effort towards those things. You know, I have a bunch of hobbies that I like spending time on. Uh, and yeah, I wanted to bring a up a, a couple concrete yeah. examples. Like yeah, we always sure. talk about this, uh, gaming. I, uh, I'm yeah, an asp- a big aspirational gamer. Like I want to game because it's, I have fun when I do it, but I have a lot of guilt when I do it and you know, ultimately it's not a high priority for me. So I don't do it that often. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I kind of shade towards the other thing where I like gaming. It's, I find it uh, often relaxing, sometimes uh, effortful in a way that I find challenging and interesting, like keeps my brain moving in a lot of different ways. Um, It is one of the few ways that I interact with a certain segment of people who I consider my friends. Um, and when I say that, it's not just like a couple dudes that I know online because, it, you know, honestly, that's how I know you. <laughs> so it's not, uh, you know, when people say, yeah, online friends aren't real friends, I would totally disagree with that. There are certain friends that I play games with uh, that I only really interact with. Well, I mean, I talk to them throughout the day um, and I talk to them uh, on voice chat, on PC, or which I just got, but we won't go into that. And uh, PS4. <laughs> Speaking uh, of effort. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's just put that one aside for a little while. Um, but I talk to them all the time. In fact, some of them, uh, my buddy Scott, I've been talking to since that way, since like 1997, 98, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are people I've known for m- many, many, many years. Um, but for you, and so, playing a game is a priority. I guess, I guess um, that's what it comes down to. In your... Yeah group of things to do that is that's not a judgment that is just a fact because you choose that time to be applied that way yeah and i think there are i go through phases um where i don't play games with friends uh or i just play solo games or sometimes i don't play any games at all i've gone through periods of time where i just uh i was going out and doing like thinking about woodworking and doing woodworking stuff. Like when we first moved into the house and that's just how I was prioritizing my time. And I, and I, I was never, you know, feeling guilty one way or the other. It's just like, I'm directing my efforts in a different way right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess I try not to, um, think to, I mean I, I obviously when I'm doing that there are things that I'm not putting forth effort on right and I think that's where really the the, the rubber hits the road but, you know but, what is uh, that inflection we've point? talked about this before but I think we put it in the context of priorities or hobbies or I, I don't know it's it's come up a bunch of times my impression was you wanted to talk about something different which is more related to quality of work. Yeah. And I think it kind of, it's kind of the offshoot of this, where you spend your time, right? Which is 
when you do spend your time on things, how much effort do you put towards them? How much do you care about what you do? It relates to the things that you do yourself, but also, I mean, you know, we've talked about our frustration privately with the effort that we see other people do. And I think there's this strange, um, I don't know if it's new. I don't know if it's just that I'm noticing it more, but I see there's a lot of people who just don't uh, seem to uh, give a shit about what they're doing <laughs> or they put forth the v- absolute minimal effort. And again, I know that there's been people like that forever. Um, but that's, but, that's mixing a couple things together. Yeah, you don't I'm mind sure it saying is. No, absolutely. This because is very something can be really low topic. effort and you can still make high quality you know, out the other end, right? It, because it's easy for you. It's like, um, you know, asking mm, somebody who's an expert at a thing to do it. It takes much less effort for them to do a really good job, but it's because they, number one, have the experience, but number two, really care about the result of what they're doing. And, and that's, I thought what you want to talk about with effort is like prioritizing your effort versus, there's some things like I have people ask me to do things all the time, every day, all day long. And many of them, I say, I can't do a good job of that. I'm not going to do it. Like, you know, unfortunately I can't help you with that because if I did it, I wouldn't be happy with the result and neither would you, which yeah, is kind guess, of my way of saying like, no, I don't want to prioritize that. So I guess before we kind of branch into the first thing you mentioned, I want to talk about that. So are there cases where, that thing has to be done and you know, you're not going to do a good job at it, but it has to be done anyway. Do you do it and not do a good job? Or do you like, do you say like, okay, this just has to be done, you know, screw it. I'm just going to get through it and it might not be great, but at least I'm going to get it done. Uh, Or do you like when your wife asks you to like (laughs) do a chore around the house that you really don't want to do and you kind of do a half ass (laughs) or, or you, you can't, you don't have the, the mind space to do a great job at it at that moment. You know, like, do you just say, okay, okay, fine, I'll do it. Or do you say, you know what? I'm not in a good place to do that right now. I'm not going to do it at all. I'll do it later. No, sometimes I'll do the, uh, what I think is the nice happy medium, which is explaining the quality of what I'm going to deliver. Like I'm just, I'm <laughs> just going to do this. Like I, I had this happen today at work. Somebody asked me to do something. I'm like, I really don't have time to do this full task. I'm going to just do this. I'm letting you know that <laughs> it's not going to be everything you're asking for. It's going to be this one little thing. And maybe that'll get you a little bit further. If that helps. Awesome. If not, let me know. And you can ask somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's an interesting way to do it. I'm trying to think of how would I react if I was confronted with someone telling me that. I think I would appreciate it. I just don't hear it that often. Depends. I had somebody uh, not long ago that said that they would do something for me, and they ended up coming back saying it was too much work and handed it back. And that, that I feel, is – I mean – I'm not going to hold a personal grudge for that. That's more like inexperience, <laughs> right? That's, sure you're not. That's like they, they took it and they thought it would be easy and it turned out to be hard. And then once they realized how hard it was, they were like, I can't do this. Well, that kind of goes to that effort thing, right? So um, how do you feel about the fact that they said, hey, if this isn't easy, I don't want to do it. <laughs> That was the thing that kind of bothered me about that yeah. story, right? Uh, I mean, it's fr- it, it is frustrating, but I see way worse examples every day of people who say they'll do it, but really what they mean is they're just going to get you to stop asking, and, mm-hmm. and that's their only intention is they just want the ask to go away. They don't care about the results, and that is a very I, I spend many of my days asking a simple question: Who owns this? Who owns the problem? Who owns the resolution? And getting people to say that because I feel ownership is a big part of the, like the communication gap I see very often, which is, you know, it's like, well, I'm asking you to do something for me. <clears throat> Who owns the result of that? Like I am asking you. So somehow I have a responsibility for it because I've determined that it needs to be done. And so I'm, I'm enlisting your assistance, but then you're responsible for doing the thing that you committed to. 
but ultimately we kind of share responsibility. And when that happens, I find that people, you know, don't, don't take the work as seriously because they're not held accountable for it or yeah, maybe they're held accountable you, to a very small amount. But are you going to be the one? So let's go to that exact example, right? So you asking somebody or following up with them, do it right. You're kind of putting yourself on the hook. Do you feel like that's exactly the kind of effort that I'm talking about though? Like, I feel like there are certain people that are just going to put things on their shoulders because they see that it needs to be done. And there's a certain amount of effort required to do it on their part to, to see that it is done. Even if, even if they're telling other folks that they have to do it, you know what I mean? You're still taking responsibility for it. There's Mm -hmm. still an effort there that is not, you may not be doing the work, but you're taking on the burden of it. And I see so many people doing whatever they possibly can to skirt the burden of that responsibility or doing the most, only doing the easy thing, right? Like I have, and it depends on what makes those people feel whole. I I would say like what makes them feel good about what they do personally. I really like what makes me feel good about what I do is like the end result. I don't feel good being tacked onto a project that I did nothing on. Like that doesn't do it for me. I don't like accolades like that. What I like is out the other end something really hard got done really well. And that makes me feel good when I close my eyes, not, like when I'm mm-hmm. standing in front of a, f- a camera that's taking a picture of a team or something like that. Right. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a big guy. I just like, I really don't like accolades. It doesn't make me, it makes me feel weird. It makes me feel weird too. So I, I don't um, like that kind of arrangement. I don't like when people pass out awards or recognition stuff. I, I just like the idea that like a hard problem came along and I helped to solve it. You know, or I didn't, and I passed well, on it and let somebody so else is, take it. This is a side issue I want to ask you about, though, and it's kind of work-related, and I'm sure it's kind of like manager work-related, which makes it kind of boring to a lot of the people out there. But, like, I shun that recognition as well, and I try and put that off on everybody who on the team who worked on things. But then I hear people who come back and say, well, why don't you take any recognition? Like, this thing wouldn't have gotten done if you weren't doing all the things you were doing. And you don't take responsibility, like, don't take the kudos for it, right? And then you don't get the credit, which means that when it comes time for people to look around and say, who should I, you know, think about for even just have higher ups think good thoughts. They don't consider me because I spent the last 45 minutes talking about how great my team was. And I really didn't do anything, you know, cause I'm trying not to, I kind of think like that, that is an, an artifice like that. That's not real that people, people know when people, when others do good work and work hard, regardless of whether or not they're standing up there, you know, bowing, I, I really, so. I really think that like just human nature is you, you kind of pick up on hints of like, oh, well, this person seems to always come up in conversations when we talk about solving problems that this is a good yeah. person to talk to, or I guess you're right. This person did this thing. I mean, I'm sure there's scenarios where people are truly hidden behind, you know, the scenes, just like people are truly hidden in the ones who take credit for other people's work, that, you know, that they hide behind other people's work and make themselves look good. There's, there's the opposite, but yeah, I think you could, you're right. You could probably go as easily the other way, right? Just that person kind of always pushing themselves to the front of the line saying, yep, yeah, and I kind of feel is- like that eventually bubbles up too, right? Like yeah. eventually somebody, somebody senior who's smart sits in a room with somebody that has been purported to be really good and they seem like a dummy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, exactly. that does happen, right? They're unmasked fairly yeah, quickly in right? that scenario. I mean, maybe, maybe they get away with it for a decade. I mean, like, well, congratulations, <laughs> you you <laughs> pretended to be somebody else for a decade. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe that deserves its own award. But I, back to I the, do work with somebody like that, so yeah, I understand <laughs> that particular. Be careful what you say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you saying about me, Jeff? No, um, not you. She's you know, a genius. So, Don't but, worry. Uh, to the effort piece and what what people commit to and what they feel like doing. I also feel there's a fair amount of like fear of failure too. of, well, I don't want, I don't want to really work hard on this because if it doesn't work, then like I tried my best and it was still not good enough. I think there's some of that. And I yeah, feel, I feel yeah. that very often. Like I had a big problem recently, which 
it was really complicated and it was really hard for me to get started on it because I, I think just subconsciously I was like, I'm never going to figure this out. This is going to be so impossibly hard that I, at least I could, it could be a failure because I didn't try hard enough. <laughs> so there's yeah, some of that. It's like a different way to deflect it. Yeah. I, I, folks who are on my team, I can see that sometimes that fear and I try and make it so that it won't reflect on them. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is like, if you put all your effort into it, I'm going to back you. Right. Honest effort. effort is what should matter. Yeah. So that you yeah. really committed to it. I mean, eventually and, and it I won't let you fail publicly. Yeah. I won't, I won't let you fail in front of everybody and I won't let you kind of take the fall if it doesn't work. I'll take the, you know, I'll take the hit and I'll help you out. That type of thing. Yeah. And uh, so, I, but, um, back to the, you know, personal like priorities and what we do. I think, at home that happens a lot too of like, I just don't want to do something like it just, I'm not motivated. It's not really a thing I care that much about. And I'll just kind of skate on it, I guess, because, because I get to decide all the priorities there. Like yeah. At do you home, just kind right? of like punt it to, you know, move this to Monday, move this to next uh, yeah, weekend. Like, I, honestly, on my I mean, task list has been call a plumber for probably a month. And I actually have it tagged with high effort because just emotionally, it's one of these things that I, I don't really want to have the conversation. If he says no to what I'm asking him, uh, then it sucks. I have another, I, then I have like 10 more problems to deal with. So I, I know why I keep putting it off and that, that's exactly why. And because no one else is looking over me to do it, I'm just like, eh, not today, not today, not today. And, or yeah, not this I, week. I'm very much the same. I have a bunch of house projects that are similar to that. In fact, today, um, I, I find that I'll be sitting in a room. This is just a switch to task management for a minute, but it's effort related. And I'll see a lot of different things that need to get done, but they're not on a task list. So by the time I go elsewhere, you know, I leave the room. Those t- those tasks just kind of leave my mind completely. Um, like I'm looking at my old Mac display, and it's just sitting here. It's not plugged in. It doesn't work anymore. I have to do something with it. it. Has to go somewhere. But whenever I leave this room, I completely forget about it. So I created this project. It's just called Room by Room. And I every room in my house, whenever I see something in that room that needs to be done, I just put it on the list. And because you know, I think. I kind of need to do these room by room assessments sometimes. Sometimes uh, maintenance needs to be done or whatever. But I, I just am really getting really bad about things just like out of sight, out of mind. And I need to put them someplace so that I can remind myself to make it, make the effort to do it. But don't you think that all comes back to how much you care about it? Like what your priority, again, the priority, right? So yeah, on your priority list, it's like your wife, your baby. Uh, does the roof leak, uh, video yeah, game time, podcast yeah. recording. And then somewhere down there is like, eh, that chair's wobbly. I don't really care. Whatever. Yeah, that monitor no one's sitting in a corner. Chair. It's not hurting anyone. Uh-huh. I have an hour before I'm going to fall asleep into a coma. I either can figure out what to do with that monitor or I can play a video game or I can read this book that I'm trying to finish. So if you took care of that whatever. monitor, let's say magically somebody walked into your house and was like, I'll take that monitor or I'll pay you for that monitor. And and it happened and you got what, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever it was, whatever you're hoping would come out of it. Would you feel good about that? Or would it yes. be more relieved that you don't have to deal with it anymore? That there's a ladder, but I would feel good about having it done and I would feel relieved that I don't have to deal with it anymore. So sometimes I, I wonder think- if I forget how good it feels to get things done like mm-hmm. mediocre mean mean seeming mean seemingly meaningless that's really hard to say surprisingly and it really is hard i'm um, not even gonna seemingly try seemingly meaningless things uh do you still feel good like cleaning the garage or putting crap away like when it's when it's away and you look at it and you're like mm, that room looks good <laughs> like i did yeah. that yeah, I, I actually, that's the reason for this kind of weird little, it seems like a, a dumb thing to do, but this room by room thing, because I've already started doing some of the things that are on this and I'm already getting that feeling of like, all right, 
I got five things done. And there are things that have been on other to-do lists. Like these aren't like new things. It's just things that I needed to kind of yeah, just put some place like, that I would take the effort. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Those little things in your life that are kind of like hangnails. Yes. Like you're not going to die <laughs> if you don't take care of it, but it's really annoying over and over. Yes. Uh, and, and when you do them, you really do feel like a weight lifts or your perspective shifts a little bit. Um, like my wife, we, we kind of have like with the baby, there's always just this level of stuff laying around, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's pretty much perpetual until when, until they go to college. Until they go to college. Yeah. And, um, she just cleaned up, uh, it was one, I forget which day or the week it was, but it was like, you know, she took an hour, she cleaned up the two rooms that were, had the most mess. And I came home and it felt different in the house. Like that little effort. Well, I'm not going to say it was little. It seemed like she put forth a lot of effort, but she said it was little effort really made a huge difference in how the you whole felt. perception of how you feel. But yeah. you had no way um, to predict that that's how you would feel. I think is what we forget. That's, that's what I meant. Like we forget the satisfaction of those things. And so yeah. that's how it yeah. gets deprioritized is like, we don't see it as rewarding. And I think the other thing, um, really, I mean, you know, confession time ever since the operation, um, the, the effort is, is like physical effort that I didn't used to have now. Right. So I get worn out much easier. Um, and you know, stamina wise, I'm not there. So when I look at something like cleaning the kitchen in the house, it's like an actual effort. It's not just an annoying thing. Right. But like, I get tired even thinking about having the to burden, do it. The burden is much higher for you now. And so yeah. again, that goes into the prioritization and how much you care about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm always walking through the day thinking about like how much I care about stuff or how much other people care about stuff and what they care about. And like I deal with people, I deal with a lot of people that don't seem to care about schedules and everybody has like, different, different hmm. way they think of schedules. Right. And it's really difficult for me trying to put myself in their shoes of like, I actually don't care about when something happens. I don't care that other people care about when that thing happens, which I, I think is also what you were trying to get at with this topic of like, you know, trying to, trying to deal with that day to day of like, how do you yeah. deal with people that just have di a different value system? Yeah. And, and I think, I think the things that, that are annoying, and this is super old man-ish, is that there are certain people who are doing a certain job that you rely upon them to do it, and they're just not doing it. They don't put it forth, not even like minimal effort, but they put forth no effort. And, and unfortunately, in that case, you're kind of stuck. There's nothing you can do because you're relying on somebody to do something for you or that they are responsible for and they just don't do it. So like it puts you in a really weird spot because if somebody came to me and said, Hey, I need you to do this thing and it's super important. I would treat it accordingly. Um, of course, depending on the person or whatever. That, though, right? yeah. So yeah. everybody's treating it accordingly. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> it really does depend on who asks. Right. So if it was that person that I kind of hinted at being a pain in the ass earlier at work, if she came to me and said, this is super important, she has a history of doing things that are not super important. Mm -hmm. So I would probably put that below at the very bottom of any list that just based on history, um, but like, you know, so I guess you're right. I mean, it depends on who's asking, but that also means that if I'm asking someone who's to do something and they don't do it, that they're treating me with that commensurate yeah, level exactly. of like, and, that, and yeah. that can be frustrating. So yeah. that's kind of what I was getting at with the asking who owns this. I, I deal with this kind of on a daily basis of something doesn't work, right? It's, it's broken. You contact a group of people. That's almost surely a kiss of death, right? Uh, a group of people, yes, it is. no one will own it. No one views it as their problem because, you know, their job is really just making sure they're not stuck with problems. Like that, that's really their daily job yeah. uh, versus if you, so I try to always, I'll, I'll contact the group list 
and then I'll make a suggestion that a specific person owns it. You own this. It is broken. We believe it's your domain. It's now your job to prove that it's not and try to take it from there. That doesn't always work. I'm not saying that's like a recipe, but it's that whole, like if they, if there's no consequence, then people, a lot, a lot of people don't care. Yeah. We have this situation that came up recently where, uh, there was somebody in a certain group. I hope this isn't a boring story. He sent us a request, my boss and I, and said, I need you to do this thing. I need you to, to take all of the projects that you guys work on and put them into a big spreadsheet and tell me how big they are and who the project owner is and you know what the purpose of this application is. And, and uh, then we're going to basically have this other team evaluate those things and see if they can help you. And my boss and I looked at each other like, what are what is going on here? So when you dig to the bottom of it, it's like this guy basically was given the order to do this. He he doesn't want to do it, but he has to at least put forth some effort to show like he's moving towards a goal here that someone asked him to do. And it's probably one of those things that's just going to fade away and nobody will really care. Um, but, you know, my boss sent him an email. He's like, you know, there's going to be like 400 entries on this spreadsheet and it's going to take us a long time to pull it together. And your team is not going to understand our business and won't be able to help us do any of this stuff. Do we really need to spend this much time on it? And so far he has an email back and it's been two weeks. So I kind of think that's the answer. Um, But it's a really weird interplay of this effort stuff. He put the minimal effort in telling us we need to do something and we had to see if it was worth spending the effort to do his request in the first yeah, place. And it from became his perspective, a, he's like, well, I asked these people to do it and they don't take it seriously. Yeah, exactly. And what's the person who asked him to do this going to be thinking about him and all the people he's asked of this? Are they thinking, what the heck? I asked for this data and I'm getting it. Do oh, they yeah. just that, not that care? That happens a lot. Like <laughs> particularly from management on down, yep. we want metrics of things, gather huge amounts of data, stop what you're doing, but don't stop what you're doing. exactly and uh then then it produces a pie chart and they look at the pie chart and you know pat themselves on the back we're doing also could be like what is the you know they have something they need to give another team something Mm -hmm. to do because they don't have enough projects so they're like let's i bet we could find some projects if we shake the tree like this you know Mm -hmm. uh it's very strange but it, it put us in a very weird position of do we spend the effort to do the right thing based on this guy's request because he's been really good to us and he's helped us in the past, or do we kind of leave him hanging? Because if we spend all this time, I think we all know that nothing will be done with this data <laughs> and <laughs> we will spend oh, two weeks worth of, of effort pulling this thing together and nothing will ever be done. And so you, know, you don't I, respect the request yeah, until I don't, somebody proves to you that the request is worthy of respect you don't respect the request yeah exactly and i think that kind of touches at the at the core of some of these other that issues a lot. that you we're know, talking um, about in a big enterprise environment a very common thing that we actually joke about on the side that you know we build new stuff and uh, a very common thing we discuss is like it always ends up with hot potato between security and network Yeah, you know, whenever something doesn't work the way you would expect you're like, okay, well, we can't make a connection. Network's like, not us. Security's not us. And then at that point, there's uh, no one owns it other than you have a problem that you can't solve because you, you, don't, have, you don't have access to you know the, the underlying infrastructure. Right. And, and you have no one you can rely on to right, help Right, and getting somebody it. to own like, okay, well, we're going to start with the assumption that it is network. Now you own it. And you prove that it's not network. And the way you prove it is up to you, but it has to be, uh, we, we decide if you've proven it to, to like a reasonable. Like an unequivocal proof. Right. Yeah. And, and the way you do that is you kind of pit the two against each other. Network has to prove that it's security. <laughs> and security is going to do everything they can to not accept that hot potato. So that, uh, Yeah, I hear a lot of that too. That's um, fun. We get a lot of that with tech support, um, which is, you know, always a challenge but it, it i think i guess where this effort comes in is i i just see this lack of effort and um 
I guess it's very much a judgment call, but like misdirection of effort a lot of times. And it's frustrating because when I, it's frustrating at work, but then I go home and, it, and I think about it and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of doing the same thing in a lot of ways. <laughs> I, I'm directing my effort where I think it should be. Is it lack um, of care or lack of, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not lack of effort. It's like, you don't, I kind of back to the first thing we said, right? Like if you don't want to spend the time on it, it really means that you don't want you don't, to spend the time. Yeah. You, you don't say care. You don't have right? the time. It doesn't, it's like doesn't just, matter to you as much as yeah. something else. And that's often, uh, I mean, I just had a, an interaction with a team the other day, which was, you know, everybody starts off acknowledging, Oh, this is a real problem. Okay. Well, we're all on the same page. It's a real problem. Uh, but everybody's idea of what a real problem means is different. So we were walking through it and it's basically like, well, don't know what to tell you. It's broken. It's like, mm-hmm, yeah, it is broken. And then eventually we take it to the point of like, okay, well, let's make sure we're, we all understand what it means that this is broken. It means the entire organization can't work. And so our next step is to escalate this to, you know, executive level. And then at that point it's like, Oh, (laughs) so that's how much we care about this. So, you know, it gets a very different response when, um, and it's not like a threat thing. It's more of just like, not everybody had the same calibration to what was what was at stake, I guess. And right. so when it seems minor, when it's just your little thing, then it's it's one priority for people. And their level of care is calibrated appropriately. <laughs> and then so, when it's your boss's boss's boss, then it's the level of care is recalibrated. And that happens a lot where people have different perspectives on how much it matters. And maybe I would have been the one shot down for like, as I escalated it told it's not that important, actually uh, knock it off. I, I actually don't think that's true, but that is possible because we had different like perceptions of how much it mattered. So how do you then, if you kind of take this more to like the local things that are not necessarily your work related, but things that you need to deal with, like the plumber thing, right? Um, we had, uh, we wanted to get some stuff done. I find this with contractors all the time. And I think it drives me crazy because if I was a contractor, I can't, oh, and I was a contractor. I was never like this. But for example, we wanted to get our house painted. We have people come out and give us estimates. They just never call us back. <laughs> like, um, you know, it's like, what is the, um, like, e- even if I didn't want to do the job, I'd be like, you know, I don't, this job too big for me, or I don't have the schedule or whatever. They just don't return our calls anymore. Like some of yeah. them do, but other ones don't. So it's yeah. on me. Well, not me. My wife is handling this, but it's like, it's on us to expend the effort to chase them down and find out what's going on. Market and, forces, man. Market forces. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's, uh, you guys aren't on the same level of caring. <laughs> Like they don't, they don't have to care because they have a hundred people like you. Yeah, and, I, I and guess you're right. Opening their wallets, so I Ugh. mean, that's that's the way. I, I know exactly what you talk, what you're talking about. When I find somebody good, I will do everything I can to ingratiate myself to them. Of like you responded, so here you go. I'm not going to do the project, or I chose somebody else. I will be super kind and call you back and you know, make you feel good. It's not you. It's me kind of thing, because I may want to work with you again someday because you actually call back. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I guess that's where it's, where I'm coming from. It's like, if you don't want to do this job now, you do realize that like I talk to other people, right? So if they say, Hey, do you know of any painters? And I go, well, don't use this guy because I know he'll never yeah, call you back. You're one of a hundred people that called him Man. this week, and he doesn't need to care about that. If yeah. he, if he does uh, need to care about it, and he's not, then he's a terrible businessman. But my guess is he doesn't need to care about it because he just doesn't need to. Like you know, there's in my town, there's a restaurant that's just really not very good, but it's always busy. And and I always ask myself, like, why why is it always so? It's not just busy. It's like a line out the door. And then whenever I've gone there, I'm like, this isn't good. Why are people doing, and why don't they, why don't they just make this better? Well, yeah, they don't need to. (laughs) You know what? That really does 
that crushes the entire topic. <laughs> it really exactly. does. Well, no, it doesn't. It's it's pretty much exactly on point. They That's what I'm saying. Like, it, no, it, you you hit the nail on the head. That's the exact thing. Like, if they don't have to care, then they're just not going to. Yeah, that, I get. Yeah. It gets back to my ownership hypothesis of like. You know, if people don't feel the they own the consequences, they don't care about the the work uh, very often. And I say people as in a, like a generic term because there are there there are many people I've worked with, particularly in science. I, I would say it stands out where like they do it for the love of what they're doing. Yeah, and you give them a good good problem to work on or to help with, and they knock it out of the park every single time because. Like that's what does it for them. But if it's not doing that for them, you better have a really good sales pitch to get them to get them to commit. I don't know. It, so let's take that for a second and say, um, does that make you not want to? I, I think you and I kind of hit it off and uh, worked together on a pretty major project for a long time because we both uh, put forth the effort. Like when I said I was going to do something, I would do it and vice versa. Like when you said you were going to do something, you did it. And that level of... I'm so glad uh, you brought this topic up. Like, be, <laughs> Don't be so obscure. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, whenever, when we were working on Tap Seller. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, it's like I said, I'm going to get these mock-ups done by Tuesday and I just I just I made the effort because I made the commitment, right? Cause so because you, you enjoyed it partly, like that yeah. was the fun part of your week. But but I think there's also now a level of I don't want to let somebody else down. Oh because yeah, I, absolutely. You know, and so. But let me add, what, let me let me flip it a little bit before you get okay. too far down this and dig dig this hole. Do you feel <laughs> we did everything we could? Um, I think there were things that we didn't do. Because we didn't want to spend the money. Like, I think there were things that we changed towards the end that we didn't want to spend on. What about the marketing bit? What what Uh, about the stuff where we felt gross about? Yeah, that's true. Okay, Um, so I've thought a lot about this. And I think we did not do everything we could do, which is fun. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with that. But let me put it another way. Okay. Let's say you mortgaged your house in order to make tap seller. Yeah. Would you have done different things? That's a good question. Um, I think that the things that we didn't put enough effort into, and me specifically, was Instagram and Facebook. And I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know I think that I that said, would've... I'm not touching Facebook, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kind of held my nose and cried and just did it, but I, I don't think... And ask Alice... Put... Yeah, and Alice said she was going to help, but I don't think we ever really. But to, to be honest, like looking back, I don't know that it would have. Like I could have maybe spent forty hours a week on it, and it would have made an wouldn't have made any difference. Well, I know um, I still have a thousand coasters. <laughs> I have my beer sitting on one of the coasters that, right now. That honestly, I could have, <clears throat> I I could have done what uh, my dad did at one point, which was just go, you know, beat the path, just go hand them out. Every day. Yeah. Just yeah. keep doing that over and over and over. Maybe that wouldn't have mattered, but it was definitely something I knew at the time I could have done that I chose not to do because it made me feel weird. Yeah. And I wasn't comfortable doing it, but I felt like I actually, you know, what's interesting when you talk about effort, um, in the advertisement quote unquote phase of tap seller. I put myself in situations that I never ever thought I would be in in my entire life, which was being a salesman for a thing. Cause I'm not a salesman, you know, like I always want the work to speak for itself. And, you know, you I feel think like we, that's how the way the world should that's work. That's how the world should work. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't by the way. Um, and, I think that actually is another kind of branch on this effort tree that we're talking about, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, putting forth the effort. People should recognize that the effort was put forth and, and, you know, maybe just give you a thoughtful nod. They don't have to say, oh, wow, that's a lot of effort. Thanks. But like, it should be recognizable. Um, and often, 
It's just nobody cares. Um, and they don't even put any effort in recognizing your effort. And they maybe they don't understand the effort that went into it, or maybe they don't care. Um, but I do think that there's a um, – people don't kind of – I don't think everybody, certainly. I think there's a segment of people who respect effort. Um, you know, and you see it a lot in like um, craftsmanship for like woodworking and stuff like that. Like people – recognize the effort that things take and they respect it and they admire it. But there are other things that like, and it is nice. Like, so say you work in customer service and you do a really good job handling a person's issue. Like nobody ever is like, wow, you really, you knocked it out of the park. Thank you so much for taking care of me. Um, that's not what people do. Like people are barely tolerant of having to deal with another person in that situation. And I think that is something that, um, I try and be cognizant of. I know my, my wife does. Um, she told me this thing that every week, what she tries to do is she picks one software company person or piece of software that she uses or a customer service person that she's had a good experience with and sends them an email and says, Hey, thank you for doing that, you know, or thanks for, you know, when you took my order, you were really nice or whatever. Like she just does one, you know, once a week for sure. Um, and she sent me some of the, she shows me some of the emails that they send back like, Oh, I showed it to the whole team. Like nobody ever gets recognition for the effort that they do. And I think that degrades their desire to do it over time. Unless they really love doing it, which is... Well, yeah, because you, you know, run into a lot of a-holes that are the other way around where you think exactly. you did a good job and they're still bitching because you didn't give them more. Right, exactly. So I think there's this kind of this seesaw effect uh, there. So I don't know. I don't. It's one of these topics that you'll never really dig to the end of. Um, but I, it, I think it's an interesting thing that we have talked about for years... Um, and it's, it's affected us directly, you know, um, it affects me every single day. And I think the thing that I struggle with the most is trying to maintain empathy because I'm always trying to understand like, you know, why is this person this way? Yeah. Like, I'm not thinking like, Oh, maybe they're like a single dad with like, you know, 12 kids and taking care of their elderly parents or something. Not that, but like, clearly this person chose to do this this way and be this way. Like, is there something that I'm missing about? Like they view this as a waste of their time. They view me as, you know, too demanding. They view their job as beneath them. Like what it's, it's very often it's like very simple and very common thing is what I find. And what's the angle to bridge that of like, Hey, you're the only one that can help me. That's why I'm looking to you. And sometimes that works, right? And that's all people need to feel like important and or that's to feel how you valuable. The gap. Yeah, sometimes it depends on the person. Some people really just honestly <clears throat> have been in a job so long and been promoted so many times for doing a terrible job that there's really no way to bridge it other than to make them own the consequences of not doing it. And that is that is a strategy I, I use as well. But <laughs> I've heard you use that strategy. Uh, in the very past. O- very often, it's more of just like their priorities are different than mine. And how can I make this my priorities? Like have them adopt my priority, or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, I spend a lot of time thinking I'm wrong, to be honest. Yeah, I kind of do too. Like I think to myself, you know, I wanted them to do this thing. I think I used to put a lot more effort in worrying about people's effort. I think I used to really get worked up about when people don't give the amount of import to something that I think they should, you know, whether it's their responsibility or their job or their whatever. And I get worked up less by it than I used to. Um, but it still bothers me. Um, it really does. It, I find it discouraging after a while, you know, it kind of mm-hmm. tamps down my desire to, put forth a bunch of effort when I feel like, can I, can I, I ask you a difficult oh, yeah. question that's related? Oh, sh- sure. <laughs> Have you ever done something and then found out later, it, it, even in your own eye, you did a shitty job? Um, I can't think of any. 
Um, I'm sure that it's you, happened. You mean your wife never told you? <laughs> and she probably is just very polite and never tells me. Um, you know, I'm sure there are times. I, I think it's one of these things where I try and, if I'm going to take the time to do something, I try and at least do a good job at it. Um, and so, what? A, what? A, I'm gonna still keep being that guy. What about okay. this podcast? Okay. This isn't directed at you by by any means. Oh, I'm I sure think it is. At times, our priorities have been different on this podcast, but this show doesn't come out on a regular basis. It doesn't. Um, but when you do produce it or edit it or whatever we're calling it, you put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, <laughs> to make it sound it's nice. True. But so there's a different group of priorities there at play. And same thing for me, right? Like at one time, I was neurotic about what's our topic. I need to be prepared. Right? Yeah. Right, less so now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> since I show up and say, what's our topic? <laughs> yeah. But like, that, but that is thing, true. Right. That's a right? good, that's a good example that anybody listening to the show is familiar with. They listen to a dozen or more podcasts and some are really highly produced and others are like this show. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, like we could like, Produce. I. I mean. I, I. I. know. I don't know what the effort is that you're doing on your side of things when you produce it. But for me, it takes a while. You know, it, like it takes hours and hours to yeah, edit and, the show correctly. Or we could just jam it in a can and ship it off. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like we could take less effort with that. But like I will not like just say I'm just gonna screw it. I'm just gonna compress this AIF file. I'm only to take one side of it, so one person's gonna sound like a robot, and I'm just gonna jam it through a compressor and I'm going to throw it out on the internet. We could do that and it would take 30 minutes. And or our sponsors like would that. be totally happy with that. <laughs> our sponsors. Yeah. Because we are our own sponsors. <laughs> we, but we don't. But on the other hand, we don't honestly give a crap about putting it out on a schedule. We, we start no. to feel bad if we haven't put out a show for a while, but yeah. And, but we used to, mm-hmm. and I think it goes to that effort where it was a lot of time, and it was a lot of coordination and it was a lot of time doing the editing. And then we had, you know, real life intervenes and all that stuff. And it was like, we could, it was, it was pretty stressful, like trying to do that thing every On week. a regular it, basis for yeah. less than free. <laughs> yes. It's, we pay for it. Exactly. Yeah, right. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to be sarcastic there. It is, it is that thing. Like no one's paying us to do it. There's no risk. There's no consequence to us for not putting out the show. Right, exactly. Other, other than our own internal emotional state. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's totally true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that if we introduce, introduce the whole sponsorship angle to this, not even if, you know, if we could get a sponsor, um, it changes the calculus dramatically because now you're recording in advance, you're spending the hours doing the editing. Uh, you have to figure out when that's going to happen. Like my time to do the editing right, editing right now is challenging with, with the baby. But again, it's I could do that instead of playing video games. So it's like, you know, it's mm-hmm. back to that effort thing again. You know, I could spend those hours just not playing video games and doing that and staying so up late. So let me flip this around. Um, let's do it. Let's say we were one of my favorite podcasts and we had a Patreon and, and yes. please, people, we're not doing this. So don't don't worry that we're not asking you to send us money. Let's say we were. And you made $13,723 per month. Would that change that is, how much you care? Absolutely. Right. Um, that changes the effort for, that you would put into it considerably. But then that also means that um, if I was... Consequences are higher too, right? Consequences are higher, but it also justifies the time. Like right now, it's like, it takes me three hours to edit this or whatever. Um, You know, I can do that whenever I want. I can do it in the morning. I can do it at night. I can do it next week or whatever. Um, But if we were making that much money every week, well, I damn well better edit this on. The the second I get done recording it, I better edit it because we don't want to screw this thing up, you know? I, right, I you kind of owe it to those people that are anyway. I mean, that's yeah. one way to look at it. Yeah, but the the I'm trying to bring it full circle since we've been recording a long time, but bringing yes. it back to the people you work with, right? And 
I don't think there's people are that complicated. I guess that's what I've come to the conclusion of as I've yeah, become you're an old man. Right. People aren't that complicated and they feel the same way we feel about things. And it's just, you know, priorities. Like their priority isn't aligned with your priority. They're not doing a good job because they don't think it's worthy of doing a good job for whatever reason. Either the thing you've given them is not worth it. They don't care about the thing the same way you do, or their priority is maybe not their career. Maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's nothing that you would even recognize. Their priority is and I you can't know, whittling either, right? Like mm-hmm. I can't influence if they don't think their, their their job is 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 their whole life, which maybe it shouldn't be. Obviously, uh, I can't influence that, nor should I really be able to. Um, right. So, yeah. how would you feel if a listener contacted you and is like, "You need to start putting this show out every week, Jeff"? Yeah. How like, would I feel? Mm, your 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 request isn't really in line with my priorities. <laughs> yeah, you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> you're not going to get one every week, though. I just you know it 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 is a thing we do. We it put a lot a of very... effort into the show, whether people believe it or not. <laughs> like we think, we we have a huge list of topics. We sometimes research them. We <laughs> like we communicate every week about the show. Then we set time aside. Like and it's a Friday afternoon right now and I'm not playing with my kid and it's a nice day out. And exactly. Uh, you know, yep. yes, I got to have a beer and talk to my friend, but on the other hand, like, is this what I want to be known for when I'm dead and gone? How I don't know. But at the same time, uh, I, you can also view it as at least we set aside an hour and a half fairly regularly to talk to a friend. Yeah, to be friends. Yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. We just happen to record that's the nice. stupid shit we say. And I usually have a fairly good beer yeah, to drink. That's 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 good. But the editing thing, I don't have very many other friendships that require me to edit things. That's a very good point, <laughs> just to, actually. Just to let somebody's you gonna know. have to somebody's gonna have to edit this train wreck too. Oh my God. <laughs> How's your beer by the way? It's gone. <laughs> It was good. Mine's halfway gone. It was like uh, a bitter pineapple juice. It was oh, very that sounds good. actually pretty good. So my beer adventures, I have three of them. I'm going to go oh, through boy. them quickly. So the first one is uh, last weekend uh, we had a fairly open day where we said, let's go to New York City and we'll hang out there and it's going to be awesome. And then – we realized that we were committing to six hours of travel with an eight-month-old baby and walking around the city where it might rain and then do that with an eight-month-old baby. So we're like, let's not do that. That's a bad idea. Uh, and we instead went west to Trogue's Brewery in Hershey, PA. Oh, nice. And they okay. had some super awesome beers. Trogues? Trogues. Um, wow. They've had... Um, I sent you a Nugget Nectar for a show a while back, and uh, it was it's, Nugget Nectar is one of their more mm-hmm. widely accepted as awesome beers. But they also had some super good alternative beers. I bought a case to send you one of. I hope you like it. It's not a you sour. You bought a case to send me one of. Well, I'm not sending <laughs> I like you that a framing. case. I bought um, a case to send you one. Yeah, Wait, you, only you bought get a one, case man. not to send me one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely you not to send you one. A case minus this one. is the most I've ever spent on a case of beer. So I'm I'm sending you one of them, and hopefully you like the beer. What is it? What you is spit, it? Do I get a note? It, it's called Tizzy. T i z z y. I sent. I posted a picture to our Slack group about this. It was like it's like blackberries and honey and all these things and it's uh it's aged in bourbon barrels with oh, vanilla beans I saw that. That's, that sounded oh, amazing actually. oh my god it was so good so that was like the first thing i got and it was just i was like okay we made the right decision so trogues if you ever get a chance to go there huh. it's a gigantic place you sit on long tables with a bunch of other people you don't know which i'm never a big fan of but we found a little corner um they come around asking you what you want to drink but you go up to this little cafeteria thing you give your order and then you take your tray back and they had really cool food and the the beer was excellent and they have a nice shop so we went there on one day um we got to go to tired hands a few weeks ago um which was always awesome and uh I think those are the two main ones, actually. I think those are the two main beer. Oh, no, the third beer adventure is we found out in the heart of Amish country uh, in Oxford, Pennsylvania, a brew pub had opened up called Hollow Earth 
that sells that sells like the cloudy IPAs, like hmm. like super the, the, interesting. The like new, new England IPAs, yeah, New England IPAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we made a trip out there a couple weeks ago. Um, the food was kind of like middle of the road sandwiches, panini or whatever, but the beer was pretty darn decent. Uh, we got some, it wasn't enough like oomph to the flavor, but it definitely had the creaminess and the bitterness. It just needed a little bit more hoppy flavor, I think, but they had like Kolsch's and brown ales and IPAs and stuff. Mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised how many choices they had, but it's kind of neat finding it out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I consider Oxford, PA, the middle of nowhere. Maybe other people don't, but um, it was out in the middle of Amish country, and it was pretty decent. So, I don't know. Do you have any beer adventures? No. No. <laughs> I mean, just the the greater good one. I, I don't drink that much beer anymore and uh, don't go out yeah. that often anymore because you. of that. Um, but I, I've been wondering about this. Um, I think the Trogue story is a good story because a lot of the – Traditional, I don't, I don't know what we want to call them. The original microbrews, right? I think are suffering a lot, like mm-hmm. market dilution, where yeah, a time. lot of these really tiny breweries, but there's a huge number of them, and they're all doing really popular, like New England IPAs, like hazy IPAs, right? I'm wondering if we'll see a resurgence from those breweries that are now like, well, we're going to experiment then. Because maybe we're not making the best New England IPAs, or we can't compete with how flooded the market is in those that style. So we're going to make things like your whatever tizzy, tizzy, like like the tizzy. That's what mm-hmm. I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah I noticed that totally they're like styles or lean on a, a huge variety instead of just trying to. You know, like at this point, can anybody compete with Treehouse? Right? Yeah, in New exactly. England, probably not. Or you know, or. Um, the alchemist, alchemist, up, up. right? Yeah. So you can't really compete on that level because they're already entrenched. Number one, number two, they're just really good at that that yeah. thing. Yeah, they've been perfecting it. Yeah, it could be. Um, I was telling my wife, I'm just hoping that like nobody decides that like Kolsch or Lager is the next big flavor because I, I like can't Kolsch. stand. Either. I don't not a big. Kolsch I don't like fan. Lager. I like Kolsch a lot. Yeah, Pil- I had a- Pilsner's still one of my. You know what I think is one of the most underrated styles. I really yeah. like a good pilsner. Yeah, they tend to be a little bit too overly sweet for me. Hmm. Um, but yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I've had a good pilsner. I think that mono um, that we had, we had a show about mono one time. That mm-hmm. was a really good pilsner. Um, well, maybe but, I'll I mean, get there's you kind of the like pilsner what? from this from Greater Good. Maybe I'll, yeah, get, maybe I'll get you there, Pilsner. An imperial Pilsner. Wow. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, Prima Pils is one of the one of the big oh, Pilsners Prima's around really here. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And when we went to Palm Springs for vacation a few years ago, that was like one of the few East Coast beers I saw. It was, it was like Victory Prima Pils. I'm like, huh. Out of all the beers mm-hmm. that they make, that's the one that makes it West Coast. Go figure. So, well, uh, I was going to say go enjoy the rest of your beer, but. I guess you don't have to do that. So (laughs) nope, I'm gonna go make dinner. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you later, man. Yeah. See you. Take it easy. See you.